How many of you are grateful to be in the house this morning? I mean, that was a test mic. How many of you are happy to be in the house this morning? And if, uh, if you got here early enough, you got to see some snow flurries, and so that's exciting. Not too exciting, but exciting enough. Uh, and so we're just glad that you joined us here this morning. So real quick, if you go to, uh, to, to your, uh, if you grab your Bibles this morning, or you open up the app, uh, we're going to be reading from First um, Thessalonians. Yes, I didn't make that up. It's actually in the Bible, First Thessalonians. It's not a transformer. First Thessalonians, <laughs> now I can't even say it, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. We're going to read just one verse this morning, and then we're going to read a few verses as we go along in our uh, message this morning. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses eight, verse 18. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it reads like this. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, not in some things, right? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let us pray. God, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, that you are here with us already, and we pray that you would speak through us, speak to us, Lord, this morning. We pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be open, Lord, to receive your word, our daily portion, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated in the house. It's a good day today for many reasons, and so I'll try to keep my emotions in check, but it's a good day. Today's my uh, my daughter Zoe's birthday, and and so right now she's at, at, at our house with grandma being spoiled, and, and so that's exciting. And because of her birthday, uh, family's in town, and so this is the first time my, my dad is here in the place, my sister and my brother-in-law. My younger sister couldn't make it, but I don't, maybe she's watching. But uh, it's just good to have family in the house, and so I'm just grateful for them, uh, for always just being there. And, and, and if, if I'm here, if I'm still serving, it's because of their prayers. Amen. Uh, again, I'm trying to keep my emotions in check, but... Uh, I'm so grateful for to be surrounded with people that still pull greatness out of you and check you when, when you're not doing so good, uh, but also applaud you when you're doing the right thing. And so if you don't have people around you, get to know my family because they'll keep you in check. My, you know, my sister is blunt. I'm sorry, but she, she'll tell you how it is in Jesus' name, of course. Uh, but get, get surrounded by people that will pull greatness out of you. And even when you feel like giving up, they say, no, nope, there's still more in you. And so I'm glad uh, that they're here in the house. Okay. All right, so our subject this morning is called Thanks Living. Thanks Living. And uh, I don't know about you, but it was a timely message last Sunday when Pastor John was talking about the temptation to grumble. And specifically more between 3.25 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. I don't know how many, uh, how many of y'all were had the temptation to grumble as y'all were watching a particular game. But I had so much temptation to grumble, but God was on our side and he gave us the victory. And so I was trying to find a scripture. <laughs> I was trying to find a scripture where it was uh, chapter 31, verse 28. But I was like, no, I can't do that to them. I'm still new. Uh, you know, so maybe next year. <laughs> now you got it. Some of you got it. All right. Okay. It was the final score in case somebody's like, what is he talking about? So thanks, living. All right, we got that out of the way. So as we enter or as we already in this month of November and the season of busyness, right, begins, we are all getting ready to be stressed out all, by all the events and dinners and chaos that comes with the season. And uh, most of you are getting uh, your list ready of what you need for that day. Uh, and perhaps our others already already have it and you've already decided whose house Thanksgiving will be held at and, and who's invited and who's not invited 
We have that one uncle. And for, for some, it will be their first Thanksgiving as a family, right? Maybe newlyweds or maybe in a new home. And for others, it would be the first time they, they cook this year. They cook a turkey this year. So by show of hands, is, is this year their first time? Any first time turkey cooking people in the house? No, everybody. Oh, there's one. So may the force be with you. Amen. And, and may God have mercy on your guests. And the church says amen. I haven't even attempted, so kudos to you. We're praying that the turkey is delicious and life-changing. And all of us here, though, have reasons to be thankful. Amen? We all have reasons to be thankful, all different reasons, yet at the end, we can, we can say a thank you. A thank you can come from our soul. And so real quick, here are a few reasons to be thankful, and are, they are in no particular order. So a roof over your head and floor beneath your feet. For friends and family that bring meaning to life. For furry friends. All right. For good health and the air that you breathe for curbside pickup. And whoever invented that, thank you. And why did you take so long? For holiday food and all the family traditions. For the beautiful things in life. For the new memories we get to create with those you love. For the highs and the lows of life. Because of them, they give us definition of what really matters in life. Amen. But And the Bible says has much to say about Thanksgiving. And so there's a few scriptures I'm going to go through. I don't know if they'll be able to keep up with me. But First Chronicles 23 verse 30 says, We're told that we should stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. The psalmist declared in Psalms 104, You know it, enter into his gates with thanks." Giving and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Psalms 118 verse 1 exhorts us to give thanks unto God, unto the Lord, for he is good. And then Paul's advice in Ephesians 5.20 is giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our main text this morning, 1 Thessalonians, not a transformer. Chapter 5, verse 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I was reminded of a story of two men that were walking through a field one day when they spotted an enraged bull. And instantly, they darted towards the nearest fence. The storming bull followed in hot pursuit, and it was soon apparent that they wouldn't make it to the fence for safety. And terrified, the one shouted to the other, put up a prayer, John, we're, we're in for it. And John answered, I can't. I, I've never made a public prayer in my life before. And his companion said, you, you, but you must. The bull is catching up to us. And John panted, all right, all right, I'll say the only prayer that I know, the, the prayer that my father used to repeat at the table. And he says, thank you, Lord, for what we are about to receive You'll get it on the way home. You'll get it on the way home. And may we learn to be thankful, even in the toughest of times, when we have plenty and when we have small portions, that we may thank him for all we have and all that we don't have. But somehow this thing called fear is all around us in different forms and shapes and sizes. And it's easy to be overtaken by our surroundings, isn't it? It's easy to be overtaken by the errands that need to be done. It's easy to be overtaken by fear. And I love the way the verse, verse 18 begins. In everything, give thanks. In everything. But, but what if they took my parking spot at church? In everything, give thanks. But, but what if they took my seat at church? No, 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 Lord, you don't understand. I have seniority here. I've been here. 
in everything give thanks. But what if they didn't buy my favorite donuts this morning? In everything give thanks. But what if my kids are acting crazy in everything? But what if my hubby, I'm sorry, but what if my hubby hasn't finished the house project that he started in January and now we're in November in everything give thanks? And I won't say nothing against the wives because I want lunch for the rest of the week. <laughs> I love you wherever you are. Oh, she's serving. See, to be great, <laughs> to be great, we must learn to be grateful. To be great, we must learn to be grateful in the battles or in the blessings. Learn to be grateful so that we can be great. I know we are bombarded with fear all around us every single day. Violence still exists. Hatred still exists. Evil seems to grow stronger and stronger. And it's almost like we have every right to be fearful. But we shouldn't allow fear to rule our lives. 60% of our fears are totally unfounded and pure speculation. 20% are already behind us. 10% are so petty, so trivial that they don't even make a difference. 4 to 5% of the remaining 10 are real, but we can't do anything about them. And so that means that only 5% are real fears that we can do something about. So maybe we need to stop wasting so much time and energy on worrying and begin to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And on top of that, the, the average person's anxiety is, is focused on 40% of things that will never happen. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so worried that I'm already uh, uh, putting a scent or a, a, what am I, my speech already together. What am I going to say? If they say, if they say, if they say this, I'm going to say that. And in my mind, I already did a whole movie. And 40% of things will never happen. 30% things about the past that can't be changed. 12% things about criticism by others, mostly untrue. 10% about health, which gets only worse because you're stressing about it. And 8% about real problems that we will actually face. See, fear will keep you stuck. Worry will keep you in retreat. And perhaps that's exactly how some of us feel, especially in this season. We fear that runs our life and that we always feel like we're always in retreat. We can only do so much and then we got to retreat. It's the fear of stepping into something new. It's the fear of choosing great instead of what is good. It is, it's the fear of surrendering to a divine being that we cannot see but we can truly feel. It's the fear of falling in love again after being betrayed and dealing with a broken heart for some of you. It's the fear of saying, God does love me and I am the apple of his eye. It's not a question. It's not in doubt, but it's a statement saying, I am loved by God. I am the apple of his eye. It's more than a season. It's thanks living. It's more than a season. It's thanks living. And one of the stories that comes to mind is that of Paul and Silas. You know, the one where they're, it's midnight and they're in a jail cell and, and they begin to sing. And all of a sudden there's an earthquake and the jail cell doors open and the chains are broken off. And they're able to walk out of jail without ever seeing a judge 
Are you with me? Events leading up to that tells us that they have been persecuted because of their faith. They, they were glad that they were worthy of being persecuted for Christ's sake. And so these two men have, have just been beaten. They have traveled. They are tired. And now they find themselves in jail, tied up in chains. In chains, and I think it would be okay if they took a nap, right? And, and maybe get some energy for the next day. I mean, it was a busy day for them. But instead of taking a, a triple shot of espresso to face the, the predicament that they are in, they decide to pray and sing. I mean, think I think about that. And if I were in their shoes, I would probably feel scared for my life and, and tired and probably ready to give up. I think fear would overwhelm me. I would be crying, not from the chains, but from the beating that I just took. But not these two men. They weren't scared. They, they trusted in the words of Jesus. They had been through so much and had seen too much as to start to doubt God in that moment. But even in these conditions, they were grateful. And I think that was the turning point. They were actually grateful that their worship came from a place of gratitude. Their worship came from a place of gratitude, which leads me to say this. It was the element of gratitude that gave their worship weight, heaviness, to break the chains. And by the way, there are two words in Hebrew as to, refer, uh, as to describe the glory, the Shekinah glory of God and the Kavod, the K-A-V-O-D, the Kavod glory of God. And the word Kavod carries the idea of heaviness, weight. Have you ever experienced the presence of God so powerfully that you actually feel some sort of weight in the room or in the car? It's when you say something like the presence of God was tangible. Like you could feel something, and it wasn't because the AC kicked in. Are you with me? The presence was so powerful in the place. I wonder if the kavod, not the Shekinah, but the kavod glory of God was in that cell, that the literal weight of his presence, of his power, was the thing that broke those chains. See, it was the element of gratitude that gave their worship the weight to break the chains. See, their song became their deliverance because it came from a place of gratitude. And I want to let you know this morning that your song can become your deliverance. Your song can become your deliverance. See, understand that you have authority to defeat your giants. Now, there's also a, a story in the Bible that many of us are familiar with and, and that you wouldn't think it would have anything to do with being great or grateful or thanks living. But the more I read this story, the more I let it simmer in my spirit, if you will, I came to the conclusion that gratefulness or gratitude is a big catalyst in the story. And I'm talking about the story of the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. But to be more specific, or as someone once said, to be more pacific, I'm referring to the young lad, the young boy that had the five loaves of bread and two fish. I want to suggest to you this morning that the young boy was grateful, that he was full of life. And how do I know that, or how did I come to that, uh, how did I come to that conclusion? Well, there's nothing, there's nothing quite spiritual about it, and it's really quite simple. If you're taking notes, this might be a, a worthy of note-taking. <clears throat> no one shares their food with anyone unless they are grateful. 
No one shares their food with anyone unless they are grateful. No one gives their food away to a complete stranger if they are not grateful. And some of us, let me rephrase that. Some of you don't even like to share food with those in your own home. And if we get to, the, if we get to that hangry level, are you with me? Don't even look at my food, right? I'll fight you. As the psalmist said, try Jesus, not me, because I throw hands. <laughs> right? Don't even look at my, my food. I'll fight you. I'm hungry. Or for the Spanish-speaking people, Salmo 151, versículo 2, dice, Están más cercas mis dientes que mis parientes. But the fact that this young boy not only walks with the disciple Andrew to where Jesus was, he doesn't even hesitate right, to give up his food to Jesus. And only someone, here's the key, only someone that is grateful can give up his food without having any assurance that they're getting something in return. Are you with me this morning? Which leads me to say this, his obedience became their blessing. Mm. His obedience became their blessing. So think with me about this. What if your obedience to God mm, can become someone else's blessing? Mm. What if your obedience to God can become someone else's blessing? That as you obey God in whatever it is he's calling you to do, that in turn it would be a blessing that someone else is in need of. See, his gratefulness was the seed to a feast. And because of that, this young boy's story is included in one of the miracles of Jesus. See, I wonder what can our seed of gratefulness turn into. And I wonder what your seed of gratefulness can turn into. Because here's the bottom line. We are most generous... When we are most grateful. We are most generous when we are most grateful. And I'm not even talking about finances. It's your time, your love, your affection. We are most generous when we are most grateful. See, the story is told of a man who found the barn where Satan stores the seeds he sows in the human heart. Seeds like envy and greed and anger and hatred and lust and so on. And the man soon noticed that Satan had more seeds of discouragement than any other kind. And he learned that those seeds could, could be made to grow almost anywhere. When Satan was questioned, he reluctantly admitted that there was one place in which he could not get those seeds to grow. And where is that? Asked the man. And Satan replied sadly, in the heart of a thankful man. In the heart of a thankful man. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Melody Beattie said, gratitude, thankfulness unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates vision. Gratitude, thanks living, it's more than a season, it's thanks 
living. And as we enter this season of busyness, before you lose your mind and your sanity, before stress overwhelms you, before anger takes over, before anxiety knocks at your mind's door, before loneliness creeps in, choose to be grateful. Choose to be grateful. Choose to learn to be grateful because even if the plans don't go your way, even if people cancel on you and leave you, there is one that has chosen to stay with you through the ups and downs, through the battles and the blessings. See, be grateful for the people that stayed, for the things you have, and for the God you serve. Because it's more than just a season. It's about thanks living in everything. Give thanks. And let your obedience become someone else's blessing. And may the seed of gratefulness turn a meal into a feast as I come to a close. See, thanks living. I thought about this. Is the difference between a battery-operated flashlight, right, and a light that is plugged in to an outlet. And I was trying to get a light, but they said it was really really bright and I didn't want to blind anybody so I said well I'll just try to my best to explain it <clears throat> but it's a difference thanks living is the is the difference between a battery operated flashlight and a light that is plugged into an outlet because the batteries will eventually die right your phone it will eventually die but the outlet the, when when, it, when the light is connected to an outlet it's connected to something greater and gratitude is like being plugged into something bigger, something stronger that lasts much longer than a battery-operated flashlight would. See, the flashlight benefits mostly the person that is holding it and no one else. But the lamp that is connected to something greater, to a greater source, when it is plugged in and, it turn, and it's turned on, it doesn't just help the person holding it, does it? It helps those around us. See, gratitude is not even about you, but it is through you that it is manifested. Gratitude isn't even about us, but it is through us that it is manifested. See, I thought about the people of Israel. When they, were, when they are liberated from the hands of Pharaoh once and for all. And the Bible says that the Egyptians gave them silver and gold and anything they asked for the night before they left. They had seen the plagues. And at this point, they wanted the people of Israel out from their land because bad things were happening to them. They were all saying, they, they, they said, we're all going to die if you don't leave. We're all going to die if you don't leave. And so the night before, they give them resources. The Egyptians give, give the people of Israel their resources. And the Bible says that the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. They left Egypt, stay with me, with spoils, with some resources. The people of Israel left Egypt with some resources. The mistake the people of Israel made, and many of us do, is that we end up mistaking the resources We've been given and we've turned them into our source. Where do you think the golden calf came from? What was it made out of? They took what was given to them as a resource and they turned it into a source, into an idol. Resources can be a gift that you have, a talent that you have. It's much more than finances. It can be the calling over your life. That's a resource and that we are to steward it as carefully and diligently as possible. See, I thought about the story of Absalom. 
It's David's half-son. And if you've never read the story, read it. So many ups and downs, twists and turns. It's, it's a novella for sure. But rec I recommend reading his story. But spoiler alert, because what Absalom was known for was his hair. I'm making this up. Absalom was known for his hair. The Bible specifically tells us that he cut his hair once a year. It was such a noteworthy event. 2 Samuel chapter 14, it's there. But if I could define his life in one sentence, I'm going somewhere, is this. What made him stand out eventually took him out. As he's fleeing from the men of David on his mule, his hair got stuck in some branches. He is left hanging there alone. And when David's men arrive, they kill him on the spot. What made him stand out eventually took him out. And if we are not careful, what makes us stand out will eventually take us out if we do not nurture the gift correctly, if we do not steward it correctly. I don't know about you, but growing up, I saw talented musicians and talented singers, and I said, man, I want to do that. I want to be like that. And now they're nowhere to be found in church. What made them stand out eventually took them out. And maybe it's not the music arena that you're familiar with. Maybe it's business or somebody that's just really good at what they do. But if it's not nurtured correctly, what makes them stand out will eventually take them out. See, they made a resource into the source. May we learn to administer the resources that we have been given. But may we also remember that he is Jehovah Rapha alone. He is Jehovah Jireh alone. He is our source. And he is our provider. And so, Lord, we simply say this morning, thank you. Like, if, if, if you... If you don't do anything else in my life, I can spend the rest of my day saying thank you for the things that you've already done. Because it's more than a season, it's, it's thanks living. And everything give thanks through the ups and the downs and all around. And we learn to give thanks in everything. Would you bow your heads with us this morning? Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us, Lord, that it, it, it is possible, Lord, to be thankful in every season, in every situation, in every circumstance. Lord, we thank you for the, the, the scriptures, the, the, the Paul, Lord, who pins these wonderful scriptures, Lord, that give us hope, Lord, that, that just encourages us, Lord. We thank you for meeting us here in this place. Lord, that we would choose to be thankful. And for some of us, maybe this season is going to be tough, Lord. Maybe it's the first time there's an empty chair. God, help me. Maybe there will be an empty chair at the table this season, Lord. But I pray that peace would be our companion. I pray that we would feel your your presence in that place, Lord. God, that we would just embrace these family moments that we have, God, to create new memories, God. And if there is any, Lord, any division in our families, God, that they would have the courage to have that conversation, Lord. To have that conversation, Lord.
and make peace. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you, God, because you give us another opportunity, Lord, to make things right, to get things right, Lord, as best as we can. Lord, and we just want to serve you with a pure heart, Lord. No, no hidden agendas anymore. We're done with that. Lord, and we just thank you. And it's all that we can say right now, Lord, is thank you, God. You know everything you've done, Lord. You've done, truth be told, you've done so many things, we don't even remember all of them, if we're being honest. And so this morning, we just take a few seconds just to say thank you. Would you, would you do that with us this morning? Would you just say thank you? It would come from, a, from the depths of your soul. There would be something pure. Say, God, I'm, thank you. Lord, and we, we thank you for the people in this place, for the families in this house. We thank you for being so good to us, even when we aren't good to ourselves, God. That you see us worthy, God. You see us worthy. We're so thankful, Lord, for your mercy and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name.